Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi ta'ala wabarakatuhu. Welcome to the 10th episode of Chronicles of the Crescent. This is the Ramadan Blitz where each day of the month, or almost every day of the month, I post a new episode of a story drawn from across the Islamic tradition. Today's story is from the Marzuban Name, a 13th century text by Al-Warawini. It's an anthology of fables where there are several stories within stories over and over again. It's probably based upon some older Persian stories, and it's somewhat similar, but a more refined form of Kalida Wadimna, another fable anthology, extremely famous, which I'll definitely pull from later in the series. Today's story is pulled from the middle of the work. It's actually two stories, technically. I'm using Reuben Levy's translation in James Kurtz's anthology of Islamic literature, for this story, but I'm like simplifying it extremely because it's very ornate. I'm trying to make it quicker and more concise. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. The prince said, in a time long, long ago, in a bygone age, demons who we no longer see, who have pulled back from the visible world, were rampant. They were everywhere. They mingled openly with humans and they seduced them. They drew them away from the path of truth and into evil and darkness. It so happened that in the land of Babylon, a man arose who lived on a mountain top in a cave, who built a sanctuary, who would spread out his rug and pray. This man, with his faith and his piety, began to call the people to truth. Many followed him, disciple after disciple, disciple after disciple. People left the callings of the demons. They left the hedonism and distractions of the world and came towards the worship of God. Knowledge of this man, his fame spread throughout the world. And the demons began to worry that he may affect their reign. That if he establishes the five prayers, if he establishes the faith fully, they will be unable to find followers ever again. And so they called a council with their chief, Oxfoot, a demon like unto Iblis, who also flees when the statement, La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, there is no power except in God, is said, who also flees like Satan, but who is drawn to evil like iron to a magnet, who is extreme in his power, a great ifrit, who could break the seal of Solomon and call upon the magic of ages past, destroy the wisdom and the magic of the Pharaoh's own magicians. The demons met in their council and complained to Oxford, Dini, this man will destroy us. There will be nothing left for us in this world. There will be no one left to seduce, to misguide. Oxford looked at the counselors and asked, I want advice on what to do. Even a demon is asking for advice. How do we deal with this man, Dini? The first of his advisors talked about fortune. There are times when a man's destiny is nigh, when the world guides him to what he wants, when his luck is strong. It's like this for this man, Dini. But his fortune will eventually fade. He is human. He is weak in his constitution. Wait for that moment when he's weak. Be patient and then strike and he will fall. The second advisor spoke forth. 
this is sound advice, but we cannot wait or he will take others away from us. We must strike when the iron is hot. When he's at the peak of his power, we must reach out and grab and destroy this man and his people and his institutions. The third advisor spoke onward. No, destroying him will just lead to another like him. Someone else will just take his place. They'll rail against us. He'll be a martyr. What we need to do is what we do best. Distract him with worldliness. Make him think as people come to him that he himself is great, that he is good, that he himself is divine. And when it gets to his head, he'll be the first to come to us and everyone else will follow. Oxford pondered the advice and then spoke forth. You speak wisely, but I feel that I should bring him and challenge him in a battle of wits, and then destroy him. Defeat him with mind and with body. End him now and completely. Strike as soon as possible. His eldest advisor, the oldest counselor present, interrupted. Nay, you shouldn't tend towards just one side when it comes to advice and when it comes to dealing with a problem like this. You must be wary of insight and perception, as in the story. What story? Oxford and his counselors asked. And the old counselor, this old aging Ifrit, spoke. There was once a man who was known to be generous, who was known to give wealth freely, who's ho so hospitable he would not hoard a single thing. Others would collect their vinegar, others would store their treasures, but he would bring it out and use whatever he had, the vinegar, spices, everything, on, on any food for anyone who comes past. And everything he would give would always be from his own money. One day a man came to him, and he served this man, and he gave him food, and he didn't have something to give him to drink. And he told this new man who he was becoming friends with, you know, I would like that we drink together. I would like that we, you know, embody this spirit of company that comes with sharing something like this. So he tells his son, go to the cellar and find a drink, find a bottle. So the son goes to the cellar and the son is deficient uh, in wits, and he has double vision. He sees two of things sometimes. And so where there was one bottle, he saw two. So he ran back up to his father. He said, Father, there are two bottles. Which bottle do I take? Which one do I bring? Now the father didn't want to appear inhospitable to his guest. He didn't want it to seem like he was just hiding one bottle and not the other when he knew there was only one bottle in fact. So he told his son, take a rock, break one bottle, and bring the other. The son ran back down and tossed a rock. Of course, there was only actually one bottle. It broke. And the son ran up. He said, I broke the bottle. I can't find the other one. I don't know what to do. And because of this, the host was saved from looking inhospitable. He was apparent to the guest without him having to explain it that his son had a vision problem. And so in the story, we see that vision, sight, is flawed. And so if sight is flawed, then insight too can be flawed. 
we must be extremely careful with the insights that we have. Be afraid of a double vision. Man was created by God with a high nature, with greatness and goodness, knowledge and perception and intellect more than any else. But even man can be brought down by lust, by uncaring passion and destruction. And so us, we, who are made of smoke and fire, who have barbarism compounded into our being, if we let lust take control of us, if we act without insight and thought and deliberation, then how can we ever overcome man? How much worse would it be for us who already have this nature? I hear what you say, said Oxfoot. It has truth in it. But there is a story of the mouse fighting the serpent that has much to offer to the situation. What is that story? asked the counselor. <laughs>